0: Chapter 23 of The Old Tobacco Shop. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Old Tobacco Shop by William Bowen. Chapter 23 From the Fire Back to the Frying Pan. The white robed figures, having left the room by a small circular door behind the hangings, followed the black servant along a pitch dark passage, and in a few moments came to a bridge, similar to the one they had crossed before. As they felt their way over it cautiously, one by one, the sound of rushing water came to them from below, and a cold breeze fanned their cheeks. A little further on they touched the first step of a stair, and began to ascend its worn stone treads. They mounted some thirty steps, and, touching the wall with their hands, moved onward along a passage. This passage made an abrupt turn to the left, and when they had cleared the corner they saw in its sides before them a gleam of light here and there. The master's workrooms, said the black servant, "please to follow. They passed now and then beneath a lighted window, too high to be seen through, and at the end of the passage the servant paused before a closed iron door. He opened this door with a key and led them forth. Before them was a garden, the most beautiful that any of them had ever seen. High over it was a dome of pale green and amber glass, through which the sunlight streamed in mild and party-coloured rays. The walls which supported the dome were so high that it was impossible to see beyond. In the centre was a fountain, dropping in a sparkling shower into a marble basin. Around it spread a well-ordered carpet of flowers, of all the colours, as it seemed, of the rainbow. Along the walls were cocoa palms, banana trees, and the feathery bamboo. White cockatoos sailed across from palm to palm. The air was heavy with a warm odour of moist earth and blossoms. "'The whole party drew a deep breath of pleasure. "'The dark place from which they had come "'seemed to fade away like a dream "'before the soft beauty of the garden. "'The servant led them to the opposite side "'and unlocked a door in the wall, "'making way for them to pass in before him. "'They entered and heard the door locked behind them. "'The servant was no longer with them. "'They were alone in a small square room "'of stone walls and an earthen floor. "'There was no opening, "'but in the opposite wall was a closed door.' A pale light pervaded the place, from what source they could not discover. In the earthen floor, from wall to wall, grew a thicket of stiff stalks, higher than Freddy's head, and clustered closely around each stalk from bottom to top were flowers of a waxen whiteness. "'It seems a real pity,' said Aunt Amanda, "'to break those pretty plants, but I reckon we've got to wade into them. "'I'm mighty curious to see what's on the other side of that door. "'Probably the fire the old man was talking about.' "'Oh, dear, I don't like fire, but we've got to get to that door, so come along.' The whole party moved in a body into the thicket of waxen stalks. As they stepped in, the stalks broke around them with sharp reports. They moved on again, and the reports, as the stalks broke, became louder and louder. And now each one felt the hourglass in his hand being tugged at, and found that wherever his hand touched a flower, the petals flattened themselves on the hand and the glass, and clung so tight that it took a hard jerk to get them loose there was danger of losing the glasses and with one accord they held the glasses high above their heads the moment they did so the conduct of the storks became terrifying indeed as if in anger the broken storks spouted forth with a hiss and a rush blinding jets of liquid white fire which tore at the ceiling angrily and roared and crackled from the broken stalks it spread to the others and in a moment jets of liquid white fire were blazing and crackling upward from all the stalks in the room and the terrified captives were in the very midst of it it ran up their robes and showered on them from the ceiling it became denser and angrier it was all but unbearable though they felt it in only a tiny fraction of its real strength in another instant the frail white gowns must surely be consumed but in some strange way the gowns shed off the liquid fire and remained unscorched for a moment the sufferers were stupefied they were unable to move freddie tried to scream but he could make no sound he almost fainted away but he felt through it all the sturdy arm of mr toby tight about him they pushed on in a close body and passed the centre of the room the white glare became more blinding the roar and crackle more deafening They were surrounded, cut off, in the midst of destruction. They were bewildered. They stopped again. There was no use in going back. They must get forward through the furnace at any cost. They made a new start, and in a frenzy of terror, their hands before their eyes, with a rush, they gained the door. They crowded against it. They pushed and beat upon it. It gave way before them. They rushed through, and it closed behind them of its own accord. They were standing in broad daylight on the sidewalk of a city street, under a high blank wall, with shops on the opposite side, each with an hourglass empty of sand in his right hand, and each clad only in a long white nightgown. End of chapter 23